Today I'd like to talk about two aspects of the world to come. One aspect is the thing that we think of as heaven or hell. And the other aspect is the resurrection. Of late, I have, well, within the last year or so, I have taken the time as I've been driving about to listen to a bunch of near-death experiences. And I'm struck by the fact, by the love and mercy of God. People from all different walks of life, when they die, find themselves in the presence of the greatest love that they've ever known. Some of them experience an actual person. Some of them see Jesus and experience him. Some experience the Father. Others experience simply the love. Others experience a great light, and in the light is love. They vary greatly, but um, the one thing that seems to be in common is that they go back to this love, to this source from which they came. It makes me think of the scripture that says, something to the effect of we're brought back to that God who gave us life. I've also listened to a couple of near-death experiences of people who lived selfish uh, lives or who lived lives, who died in a circumstance where their frame of mind was such that they, um, they found themselves in a bad place. And um, I, bad doesn't describe it. Hell, it's, it's in a really bad place. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I've also been surprised to hear them describe being saved out of that place, um, many of them by Jesus Christ. Um, that's the only ones that I remember were ones that were where Christ came and Hold them out of hell. Which again shows this love and mercy. And it almost appears that God is more merciful than we thought. <laughs> the one thing for sure is that sin is not something to toy with. Darkness begets darkness. Light begets light. You reap what you sow. And yet some of these experiences tend to suggest that people are receiving love despite their own broken lives. And this has caused me to wonder a little bit and to examine my thoughts about the afterlife. And truth be told, there really is a mystery in it. One thing that we can see from these experiences is that there really does appear to be 
um, a lake of fire and brimstone. There actually are beings who desire harm continually, um, as described by some of these people who go to a place where there are beings, they describe them as demon-like, who have kind of ceased to be human, and they just continually desire the ill of their fellow beings. And the fact that there are beings like that implies we can become one of them. <laughs> so, so we have to beware when we consider God's love and mercy that beware of the fact that we can come to hate God like these beings do, that we can come to hate goodness and, um, and seek the harm of others and thus be careful not to become those sorts of people here lest we could become those sorts of people in the eternal world where God dwells. I recently read a while back in Revelation, and it talked about the danger of those who are in hell. It said that they are um, continually burning in the presence of God. And that really struck me. It was like, whoa, so it's almost as if hell is also in the presence of God. I always thought of hell is not in the presence of God, but that when we leave this life, perhaps that is what is so terrible, is that, is that, is that God is so present, and that is what makes it bad for those who are in the bad place. And um, I remember another near-death experience of a man who said that, um, that he saw a being who hated God with all of his with all of his being and hated the children of God. And um wow, so that's something to be aware of. That's like so we have to in our own broken ways be seeking the best and that's what I've often discovered. I've I've been in homeless shelters, I've been with the very lowest people that you'd consider in society, and they are I find in so many instances that they most of them are still trying to do what's right. Now their version of what's right has become warped, of course, but um but they're still considering that. And yet there are people in this life, in this world, who have turned on that. And they are seeking the exact opposite. Um, criminal sorts. <laughs> so. <coughs> um, but the last thing I want to talk about is the resurrection, because this brings it full circle. So. Um, okay, so, yes, there's the danger of a lake of fire and brimstone. Um, we, care has to be taken at all times to love God, um, and to do our best in our circumstances, and there's mercy. But there's two aspects to the afterlife. There is the place we go when we die, but then there's this idea that 
in that place we're waiting for the resurrection, our own resurrection. And if you think of it in that way, okay, so we have a body, we're going to lay down the body, and then there's going to come a time where we take a body back up again. And it's like, that has to make us think about, okay, well, how well am I handling having a body right now? Okay, well, how well am I going to handle having a body when I get a new one? And it says that the same spirit that we leave this life with will have power to possess our bodies in the resurrection. And so this life is the afterlife. When we think about the afterlife, there's more to the afterlife than the place we go when we die. And heaven is a wonderful place. And yet, if it is so wonderful, why do people long for a physical body? And I wonder if part of the reason is that part of the reason that they long for a physical body, um, the why is there the cycle where where the children of God decide to come back and receive a body? Um, and of course, I'm thinking about this world, but I think the reason is because there's something like this is the place where you can grow and learn. It's like the place where everything's perfect, everything is all love, is a place where you go to heal, to patch back up. But then there comes the time of the resurrection. And, and the time when we will receive another body. And um, I think that many people have confused because it talks, when we talk about the resurrection, we think of kind of like the fullness of the resurrection. Um, and it talks in the scriptures in the Bible about those who suffered martyrdom and went through all sorts of horrible experiences in this life, that they may obtain a better resurrection. So this implies the idea that not every, every resurrection is equal. So we have a life. Um, and it, particularly, I think it's in Thessalonians, it talks about... Um, that the way that this perfect resurrection comes, this better resurrection that it talks about, and it it comes through choosing a life in this life that is particularly difficult, and and it, really it's the laying down of our lives in this life, like in and through great suffering. So thus we have the stories of the martyrs and and those who maybe weren't martyred but who um, did not choose their own will in this life but chose to allow God to lead them on a wandering path that was very different than, than the status quo. Um, you know, it talks about the prophets living in um, in caves and different places like this. I think it's Hebrews 11 I'm thinking of. Living in the in these, you know, kind of destitute circumstances on the very fringes of society um, because 
for the sake of a um, of receiving a better resurrection. Not that they were necessarily thinking about that. They were thinking about doing God's will. But this shows that um, that that the way that someone attains to this higher resurrection may be a greater sacrifice than we realize. So we assume that by just by being good people and going to church every Sunday, that it's like we kind of get this idea of an easy, an easy higher resurrection. But the truth is, is that, so there's a, a man that I really respect, and he said at one point, he said that the resurrection is a lot like um, going to bed and getting up in the morning. He says, if I work today, it's like life with a body is like, um, this is me paraphrasing, but life with a body is kind of like um, like a day of work. He says, if I, if I work today and I, I, you know, I work real hard, well, then I'll go to sleep when I die. Now, it could be argued the opposite, too, that this life is more like sleep and when we go back to God, it's um, that's more like real, really being awake. But follow my analogy. <laughs> you can use it both ways. So we sleep in death, and then you know, he says, then there comes the time in the resurrection, and when we work again, he says, so if I work real hard today, if I seek with all my heart, my mind, and strength to build up God's kingdom, I'll be that much more ahead. In the resurrection. Whereas, if I don't, he says, if I if I if I put aside my work, if I am lazy through this life, and I don't seek with all my heart, my mind, and strength to build up the kingdom of God, then when I wake up in the resurrection, I'm going to be that much more behind. Um, I'm and and he says and, and so he, and he said basically. He didn't say that in those words. What he said was more something like, um, when I wake up in the resurrection, when I take another body again, um, he says, all the work that I neglected in when I had a body before is going to be waiting for me. And this fits with a near-death experience I, I heard, recent, well, probably months ago, but a while back. A guy was talking about he died of a drug overdose, and and you know he'd been doing drugs for years, and 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 um, he had uh, just been involved with all sorts of things that didn't um, that weren't helpful. <laughs> and when he died, he actually had a brother who had died, and um, his brother had kind of been you know down the same track as well, and he met his brother and. And he said, he said he was in, he died, he wasn't in a horrible place. He was kind of in an in-between place, he said. And the fascinating thing was like, he said it became so obvious to him, so clear, like, like that he had just been wasting away. Like he realized that during his mortal life, he had learned like basically nothing because he he hadn't even really begun to do the work of life because he'd just been hiding away in the drugs 
And so, like, when he came back to life, he just had this, you know, and, um, and when he met his brother, his brother was like, man, wasn't it quite a ride? And he was like, yeah, it was quite a ride. But it was obvious, you know, not, that at least he hadn't made much progress. So when he went back to, when he came back from his near-death experience, he had this desire like, oh my gosh, I got, I got to make some progress. I can't just hide away in this thing. And so it's like he had, so you could say, okay, think about this. For this guy who died and came back, he had a body. He laid down his body in death, and then he came back. He had a resurrection. <laughs> he came back into a body. Now, it's rare, but he actually came back into the same body he'd had before, right? <clears throat> um, and what he discovered was when he came back, was like, man, I have a bunch of unfinished work. So, we are rewarded according to what we had before. So, when he came back, he had to fight the drugs, he had to get new friends, he had to do the work that he hadn't been willing to do before. Okay, so that's right. So, the resurrection is also a part of the afterlife. And even if we are saved out of that lake of fire and brimstone, even if God is very merciful to us, we also have the resurrection to deal with. We have this this idea of having a body, and it's like, and if we neglect the work of doing our best with the body we have, of trying, of seeking God for um, the strength to be able to deal with the body we have as best we can. Um, and it's not to say that everybody will overcome everything in this life, but there may be a certain amount of work that we can do, even if maybe there are certain amounts of work that, you know, perhaps hang-ups that we may never, God may know it's not even in the cards for us to fully get over in this life. There may be a part that we can get over. <laughs> there may be some work that we can do. So when we think about the next life, it's like we think about God's justice. And all these near-death experiences show so clearly his, his mercy. But I wonder if we've thought wrongly about God's justice. I wonder if God's justice is that he's not going to save us from ourselves. He's not going to make us into something that we're not. You know, it's like if we can't handle a body when we leave this life, if we have certain things that are difficult about managing a body, the likelihood is that when the time comes that we get another body, we are going to have the very same problems. And let's suppose even that the body God gives us is absolutely perfect, that we receive that type of resurrection that we've all dreamed of, where every hair is restored to its perfect order. It's like, Let's suppose that we're given this perfect, perfect body and we didn't handle a body well before. What are we going to do with that perfect body? The likelihood is, is that we will destroy that perfect body. And so heaven and hell is something that we have to look a little bit more deeply about. It's like, yes, there's the heaven and hell, 
that lies in the place that's between having a body. And that's more pronounced there, it appears. It's like, you know, it's like it's more yucky in the yucky place and it's more wonderful in the wonderful place. But another aspect of the afterlife, another aspect of heaven and hell, is this idea of the resurrection, this idea of the time when we receive another body. That's also our afterlife. And we all know that in this, that in the pres in the place of having a body, it can be heaven or it can be hell. And it's like, it's like if the truth is that part of existence is these periods um, of having a body, well then it would do well for us to learn to sow good things in this life. So that in the resurrection, not just the place in between where we go home to rest with God, but that in the resurrection, we will, um, we will have something that's more like heaven also. And the last thing, then there's this thing of the idea of the fullness of the resurrection. So the thing that, um, that people laid their lives down for. Okay, right. Um, and I, I'm not going to go too deeply into that. I'll save that for another time. Um, and I think I've given enough for this this time. But just remember that there is this idea that there is, there's like a place that we can go into and, and not go out. Right. And it appears to me that that comes from laying down our lives. And there may be more than one way that we can lay down our lives, but it's not a passive thing. It's a very active thing. And it is, it comes not by our own will. We seek for God's will in this life, and then he, he gives us that if we really, really desire it, but it, it does, re it's the kind of thing that requires the sacrifice of all things. All right, all earthly things. All right, so that's it for today. It's a long one. So maybe somebody will have the patience to listen through it. God bless y'all.